Same place, same time next week. Goodbye. RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top story is the chairman of LegCo's Railways Subcommittee says the shoddy work at Hongham Station could be much worse than thought. The lawmaker for the IT sector says Hong Kong could end up with 5G twilight zones and the president of Zimbabwe survives an assassination attempt. The chairman of LegCo's Railways Subcommittee, Michael Tien, says the shoddy work on the Shatin to Central Link's Hongham Station extension could be much worse than thought. He said workers had told him up to 5,000 of the 26,000 steel bars supporting a platform there have been cut short. This contradicts the MTR's account. It put the number at fewer than 30. Mr. Tien said if true, the platform would be affected. If it's distributed evenly, maybe it's not that serious, but I still think in the long term it would be a problem. If it's focused on certain section of the uh, diaphragm wall, it's very serious. They may pass the um, loading test today, but in three years, five years, seven years' time, they'll have problems. There'll be cracks. There may even be slightly deformation of the level of the uh, platform, so forth and so on. The government has already announced a judge-led inquiry into the matter. IT sector lawmaker Charles Mock says flagship research and development at Science Park and Chinese University may suffer because of inadequate government plans for rolling out fifth-generation or 5G Internet coverage. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Mr. Mock said 5G isn't just about faster download speeds, but also new industries like smart transport and telemedicine. Mr. Mock said the main problem was that the 3.5 gigahertz low-frequency 5G spectrum, which travels further, won't be available for several years. Satellite stations at Taipo and Stanley currently use the frequency, and this will lead to restricted coverage. Here's Mr. Mock. To avoid interference, two huge restricted zones without 3.5 gigahertz 5G services at initial launch will exist in Taipo, Shan and parts of Fanning, Sha Tin, Sai Kong, as well as Stanley on Hong Kong Island, much like a 5G twilight zone. The government has confirmed to me that these regions cover at least 740,000 residents and many more technology developers and engineers working in the Science Park or the Chinese University of Hong Kong. So much for these 5G technology labs being planned in our flagship technology region, where our government has invested billions of dollars to conduct leading-edge R&D. Just no 5G. Mr. Mark said part of the problem lay in the time taken by the Office of the Communications Authority to plan the auction of the low-frequency band. Any auction for this spectrum will not happen until late 2019, with spectrum assignment dates being fixed for April 2020. That sets us behind the UK and South Korea for almost two years. Yet, Ofka maintains that Hong Kong is still at the forefront of 5G service launch in the world. To make that claim, they mix up the facts on two fronts. First, spectrum allocation in 2020 does not mean service launch in 2020. It is easy to understand that any company winning an auction would need at least one to two years to build and test the networks. Zimbabwe's president, Emerson Mnangagwa, has suggested that a blast at an election rally was an assassination attempt against him. He said it was a cowardly act which wouldn't disrupt next month's poll. 
This is not the first attempt on my life. It exploded a few inches away from me, but uh, it is not my time. Zimbabwean state media say two senior government officials were among at least eight people who were hurt by the blast in Bulawayo. More from the BBC's Shinga Nyoka in Harare. From his interview, he seems to suggest uh, he suspects that this is the work of people who have previously tried to um, assassinate him. The inference for many people who follow Zimbabwean politics is that he suspects that this is likely to be factions within his own party and those allied to the former president, Robert Mugabe. But the videos that we've seen from the stadium earlier on today suggest that there was likely a device that was thrown towards the VIP stage, but as he says, we still await further information. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Law Chi Kong, says he expects the government's proposal to extend paternity leave from three to five days to only take effect in February next year. Writing on his blog, Mr. Law said he'd fail to convince lawmakers not to set up a bills committee to examine the proposal, which will prolong the legislative process. He said this means the Legislative Council will only be able to finish scrutinizing the bill after it returns from the summer break in October. A group of dermatologists is calling on the government to allocate more resources for specialist medical services. They say there are only 36 doctors treating patients with skin diseases in public hospitals and clinics, but there are more than 50,000 people waiting to be treated. The doctor's appeal follows a family tragedy last week in Tunmun when a 23-year-old woman who suffered from serious eczema committed suicide after killing her parents. A note found at the scene blamed the disease. Dr. Leung C.K., president of the Hong Kong College of Dermatologists, said many patients with serious skin conditions can develop emotional problems if they don't get appropriate treatment. Emotional psychiatric impact on them will make their life almost insufferable. That's why they go to they commit suicide. And actually, for some diseases, some skin diseases, uh, a multidisciplinary approach between a social worker, uh, psychologist. So not just the the, uh, the medical problem. The whole thing. If a doctor has enough time to spend with the patient, all right, he or she would advise the patient to seek various help. Right? If the doctor can spend only two or three minutes. I'm a patient. How can he do that? Sport and with a wrap-up of last night's Football World Cup action, here's the BBC's Alistair Ross. Ten-man Germany have salvaged their hopes at the expense of Sweden. For a long time, it looked as though Ola Teuvelen's goal would be knocking Germany out. But a goal from Marco Reus pulled the reigning champions level after the break. And Tony Kroos was the hero in injury time, despite Germany being down to ten men after the sending off of defender Jerome Boateng. As Germany won its 2-1 and now appear likely to make the knockout stages. German football expert Archie Rind Tut told the BBC it's a goal that changes everything. I don't think that that is just a win. That is a, a watershed moment for Germany because of the way that South Korea have played in this tournament. I think you'd have to expect Germany to go on and comfortably beat them in, in their final group game. But th- that turns all of the momentum. You can see the relief on all of the Germany players' faces. They were facing embarrassment back home. It would have been a crisis. What a moment for Tony Kroos. What a moment for Germany. Omeza Ergil has posted on social media that Germany are one team on and off the pitch. Despite the Arsenal midfielder being dropped for that match, it's the first time since making his Germany debut that Ergil wasn't named in a starting eleven at a major tournament. 
Mexico's brilliant start in Russia, meanwhile, continued with a 2-1 win over South Korea in Rostov. That all but guarantees their progress from Group F. They made it two wins from two, adding to that opening 1-0 victory over Germany in a game which saw Javier Hernandez scoring his 50th international goal. Meanwhile, Belgium have all but qualified for the knockout stages with a thumping 5-2 win over Tunisia. The Premier League's all-time top goalscorer Alan Shearer was impressed with Belgium's attack. They were very impressive going forward, particularly. Started the game very well. They had an energy to their uh, to their play. Their passing was excellent. There was a bit of pace about it. Um, firing balls into each other. And then they went quiet for 15 or 20 minutes and then they got that goal just before uh, half-time. Could have, probably should have been um, seven or eight. But yeah, anyone looking at that, we'll look at Hazard, we'll look at Lukaku, we'll look at Mertens, we'll look at uh, De Bruyne and think, you, you, this team could cause us problems. But on the flip side, they did look dodgy at the back. Two goals for Romelu Lukaku in that match. Two from Eden Hazard as well. And a fifth from Michy Batshui. Well, Belgium's place in the last 16 will be secured if the result of Sunday's match in Group G goes their way. England and Belgium will both qualify if, as expected, England were to beat Panama. Formula One racing and Lewis Hamilton has secured pole position for the French Grand Prix ahead of his teammate Valtteri Bottas. The BBC's Jack Nichols looks ahead to the race later today. The first French Grand Prix for 10 years looks like it's Mercedes to lose. Not only is Hamilton on pole position and his teammate Valtteri Bottas second, but Sebastian Vettel isn't supported by his Ferrari teammate. Vettel starts third. Kimi Raikkonen is down in sixth position, so it'll be Vettel fighting on his own against the Mercedes at the start. He is on a slightly different tyre compound. Maybe they can do something different with the strategy, but it's very much Mercedes to lose. To end the news, our top stories once again. The chairman of Lechko's Railways Subcommittee says the shoddy work at Hongham Station could be much worse than thought. The lawmaker for the IT sector says Hong Kong could end up with 5G twilight zones and the president of Zimbabwe survives an assassination attempt. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.